Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now here's Veterans Be Real. Cause we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in Good afternoon, everybody. It's Sergeant B. Real here with Veterans Be Real Podcast. I got my guest Alex here. He's an eight-year Army veteran. He's going to talk to you a little bit about some of the trials and tribulations he went through from whether it was during his service and or after, but he's going to talk a little bit about us, kind of give us some insight of how his life went from that transition. So we're going to lead into this. So Alex, the floor is yours, my friend. Let's hear it. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, my name is Alex. Um, I was in the Army for eight years. I was airborne. Deployed three times, one during a surge. So I mean, it's there's there was a whole lot with that mess, and I call it a mess because I was in uh, I was a I was a human intelligence sergeant. I was uh, an interrogator, and that was an entire mess in of itself. A lot of people enjoy their military service. Yeah, nah, not so much. <laughs> not so much. So, <laughs> well, uh, one of the last deployments, I realized growing up as a kid, you know, I mowed lawns, I did a lot of stuff, but there were a lot of people who were like. Like really people who didn't do anything other than do what they love to do each and every day. Right. Right. Yeah. They loved like um, one of my sister's friends or something like that. We went over to the house and uh, I had to, we had to, they drug me along for some God awful reason. The guy had five girls, no boys. And, and uh, I was mowing lawns and I was mowing his lawn. I was doing all sorts of shit. End all be all was he had two Corvettes in the driveway. He had a full size boat, massive house, trampoline in the backyard, swimming pool, all this other crap, multi-million dollar RV. And I just had to look at him. I was like, what do you do? And uh, he, he said, I play golf. I'm like, oh, you're a pro golfer. He's like, no, I own three McDonald's. So, <laughs> so he's like, he like, here, come here. Let me tell you something. Every example I've ever had of somebody having everything that you could possibly want was a business owner. It was I own fill in the blank. It wasn't a matter of anything else other than ownership. Right. It's not easy. And I'll be the first one to talk to you about that just because or tell you about that because I transitioned right after the December nonsense in 2014 when the government was shutting down continually. So I didn't have access to some of the transitional benefits and I still had my my unit breathing down my neck trying to get me up to the last minute and go, hey, guys, no, I have to step back. Luckily, I had some good NCOs. I had some good help there, but um, I spent my entire last deployment. I, I got back from my deployment. Two months later, I was out, right? So I started my first business, and I spent that entire that entire year researching franchises as I come to find that, hey, I don't know what business to be in, but I know there's this whole thing out there where people will train me to be a business owner in exactly whatever the hell it is out there that's that will operate. I researched it so much that when I got out and I finally got back to the States, there was a, there was a franchise broker who takes you through that pathway to help you find what it is that you want to find. And uh, he was like, man, you should be doing what I'm doing. I could tell him just about anything from any other franchise at that point. And I got into franchise brokerage, my first business. So 
the week I left the army, I drove my family cross country to Jacksonville from San Antonio, which is where I transitioned out of to Jacksonville, Florida, which is where, you know, my mom and where I liked. And I lived there once. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> well, my dad was stationed there. Maybe yeah. so I lived in Jacksonville. Port, yeah. 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 I mean, I like it. I love fish. Yeah. You got to some of the, some there. of the town sucks, but a lot yeah, of it's good. Yeah. So there's always those sides of the town. Right. So, I mean, but we, we had to live with my mom because apparently transitioning as an entrepreneur means you are, don't have benefits that come to you because you don't have a job. You can't get any place to rent to you because you don't have the income, established income coming to you. You don't have a record of that. So you're starting out kind of fresh. You don't have that. And then you had the military was all like, oh, no, the military is your only focus. Nobody told me that I could have a business while I was in the military. Nobody yeah. was going to tell me that crap. Yeah, nobody wanted you sidetracked. Yeah. No. So there are all sorts of things. And luckily, I had my mom. We, I, me, my two kids stayed in my, my mom's one bed in one bedroom, blow up mattress while everything was being shipped, <laughs> held on. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. Like no, it's, I don't, I don't think you are brother. <laughs> no, like not a great scenario, yep. but we, we lived in that for three months until we were able to get a, a house that we were able to rent because we had that income. I did what I had to do. And at the same, so that very first week, as soon as I got to my mom's house and unpacked shit, I went to Orlando, trained to be a, um, a franchise expert, trained to be in a business opportunity. So one thing out there and got and established myself as a business owner, helping people find franchises and be able to assess and, and really do the research and the due diligence behind each brand and which one was going to fit their acquisition profile, right? their personality, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to achieve, goals, missions, etc. Nice. Well, that's cool because I wanted to be – and my altruistic side came out. And I'm like, I want to help veterans transition to this shit too. There you go. This is perfect. Yep. And then reality smacked me in the face about six months later when found out that, okay, well, it, it's – it's really, really difficult to try and be altruistic when you're not as successful as you want to be yourself, right? So I'm, I really, really pushed myself really hard to uh, – and in that first week too, I also started my first week of college. So I started oh, college let's, at let, night. Let, let, let's double dip. Yeah, let's go. Let's double dip here. I started college at night. Yep. The only benefit was because I had college income. Right. That little BAGI bill stuff, yeah. Right? So I leveraged that. Got into school, did school at night and business straight. Now I used to be in fantastic shape, crossfitter, half marathon runner, had lung disease from Afghanistan because of our, you know, living right next to an incinerator for a year. Yeah. Do Issues with breathing, you know, now and sat in a, sat in a chair for 20 hours a day, pretty much every single day for five years. Yep. We'll do that to you. And that's really what it took. I ended up having health problems from that. I mean, my first business was fairly successful right? up until a point where I was really just tired, tired of the business model. It was much like real estate. It was much like being a real estate agent. I'm not knocking real estate agents, but a lot of them don't actually attack that much like a business model. They attack it like they're self-employed. They just have a job they do themselves. So after going through that, after going and trying, after graduating for with a business management degree, bachelor's in business management, went right into took a little bit, but I went into my MBA, my postgraduate degree program. Yeah. Getting A's in it. At that point, I was still doing the franchise brokerage thing. I was helping people with other projects because I was getting into other things. I, I had already built another company doing content for the franchising industry because I was the young guy. 
And then I was, I'd also partnered with a group of guys who were wanting to start and brand and build their own franchise brand. One that was locally that I took, that I was doing consulting for of a guy like who had a, a remarkable franchise brand, a wings place in Jacksonville called nice. Dick's Wings. Nice. You've ever remembered Dick's Wings or if you've ever been to Jacksonville oh, yeah. and you yeah. remember Dick's Wings, I do. the founder of Dick's Wings is who I partnered with. He's a good friend now. Yeah. And he built that. We wanted to build another chain. I was working with him on that. Worked with my uh, my equity partners and got into uh, piloting our own brand. So I, was, I built a restaurant from drawing on paper <laughs> all the way through the process to going back and doing digital tool sets to try and create uh, three-dimensional artwork to, mm-hmm. to work with that, to be able to present the brand, to brand it. I was, a, you know, at that point, been in franchising for a while. Branded it, got it in 3D script, transferred that, learned Florida State requirements for architecturals. That way I could modify architecturals to save myself 11 grand. Did all that work, negotiated the lease space, got the initial investor, helped him work through that process, established all our back end, got our suppliers in line. It's a coffee company, so the coffee industry is yeah, rough. There's a lot to it. Yeah, I have a coffee company. I know the deal there, yeah. Right. So if you're hunting down suppliers and going through that nonsense, there's all sorts of dilemmas that are going to be, it took me two years to build that place. It's like from start to, oh, we have a restaurant open now. There you go. And that's when the troubles began, right? Right. And we were working through some issues on that side too, because we, we purchase, we also purchase trademarks. We purchase trademarks, we purchase licenses, we purchase URLs, we purchase, purchase digital assets. There's a lot we do. So you'll never find yourself just hung up to one thing. And if you think I'm looking over the side, it's because I've got two screens going I've got right. you over here. And, but um, yeah, so where did that end me up? Like I ended up having stress related issues when my wife lost her job with all that going on and us trying to start a restaurant and me like vomiting money, right? Stress. Thought it was a stroke. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad headache. It was a real bad headache to the point where I couldn't even stand up. And I held on for eight days because the, the VA really screwed me, like really hardcore. I got like a 10% rating. <laughs> this is nothing, right? And I, and I contested it because of all these other issues, but not to go into that, but all that stuff I try and put behind me. I was a soldier at one point, but that's not who I really am, right? Right. Here's so put that crap behind you, first lesson. First and foremost, put that crap behind you because that's not a good thing when you step into this arena. That's... Oh, you did great. Thanks for your service. Now, how are you going to make me money? Shut up. Yeah. Right? So with everything now, at that point, I got I got really messed up. I, I hung on for eight days because I hated the VA. Almost killed myself. Mm-hmm. Right? Almost It almost killed me. Because at that point, went droopy in the face on one side. And I'm like, oh, shit. Went through up. Thankfully, no issues after that. Yeah. And then went to the VA. They, they were like, I went to, finally went to the VA. And they're like, you need to be in an emergency room right now. And I'm like, well, they're like, well, we need to get you to Gainesville. I'm like, well, I can drive. We, or my wife will drive me. Drove me to Gainesville, three doctors, and what looked like a YouTube session later, two, two attempts at a spinal tap, hitting nerves. Yikes. Right? Yeah. And still couldn't really tell me. They figured it was a stroke, right? We can just honestly say it's probably a stroke from stress. Probably, yeah. Had to calm down. So we moved out to uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona, and Intel people will know what the hell I'm talking about when I say Sierra Vista. Southern Arizona, Mexican border. Yep. Intel UAV school shit out here like that. Um, I came out here because my my 
wife's parents, you know, they had another place out here. He said, come out, calm down, calm down. It's a lot slower out here. And I did. And I had to like, and I was, my funding was up for school. And I'm like, I'm not going to go into debt for this shit. You can't even like guys that I was going to school with couldn't even find a job. Right. Hell no. So I've been learning marketing. I learned my way through marketing, learned my way through quite a bit, spent tens of thousands of dollars of my own education outside of school, trying to figure out marketing and learn the learning curves and, and work with people. Finally got into an industry. And then my, my, uh, my business partners were like, Hey dude, we gotta, we gotta pull you out of the rut you're in. Let's start another company, mm-hmm. start this. And that's what I've been doing so far. So it has not been a, it's not a bed of roses. It's always, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. And you, you'll know if you like it, depending on how much time you try and spend doing it every day, yeah. you will spend a lot of time. Aching hours, aching hours, aching hours. Yes. Stupid amounts of hours trying to make it, trying to do it. And I was making good money at one point. And then that money was reinvested into other businesses, you know, because you have to keep that cycle going. You keep that cycle going. That's how you build assets. And I'm not talking about, Hey, look, I started a, you know, I'm, I'm operating in a, um, multi-level marketing environment. I'm not talking about, Hey, you know, I'll be a real estate agent forever. I'm I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you, you know, right. Yeah. Have a good day and you're going to make millions and you're going to, you're going to own your own yacht. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that shit. You're, you're, that's not where it's going to be. Got to own assets. And from what I've worked with, put over shit, put over 120 vets into businesses in the time I was a franchise broker successfully worked with over 500 different investors in franchise ownership on every single level you can possibly shake a stick at. And I'll tell you that if you're going to go out of business and after going through my pre, you know, my bachelor's and then into my MBA, if you were going to go out of business, it's not about if you're doing it based on emotion and you're like, Hey, I really, really love this. Then your business ownership mind has to kick in and go, can I make money in it? What do I really want? What, what is it going to get me? You have to stop thinking, hey, you know, how can I devote myself to do this, this, and this? Some people can make money off of it because they have the business model down or there is a replicable business product they can go into and then they, they're successful. And if you don't know what success looks like, go to somebody who does. Pull them in, give them a cut, give them equity, make them responsible for it, have them prove it, and be an entrepreneur get whatever resource you can just because you don't, I don't know a lot of the ins and outs of some of the things that make us money, but I don't have to, I go hire it or I outsource it. I don't have to afford people in this country because guess what? A lot of people in this country aren't affordable. I outsource to other countries too. Right. You outsource that's beneficial to your business. I mean, that's what you have to do. In our- yeah. You know, I make money because I outsource to the Philippines. Outsourced yep. to Indonesia, outsourced to all sorts of different places. And you know what? That allows me to purchase salespeople in it here in the future, which is what we're doing. We'll be hiring salespeople in the United States because that's just a segment. That's a box we have to fill. Yeah. I mean, we got you, like you were saying earlier, just if you backed up, when you start a business, you have to get out of that friendship mode, that family mode. You have to get into business mode. You have to make it out of that shit. It's going to be hard. 
They're going to be, but they're they're necessary for you to be get to be successful. And for a lot of younger soldiers that are getting out of the military, a lot of those E three E four levels that haven't got any really responsibility in the military, they don't understand what hard decisions are yet. They think, hey, I can make a lot of money if I own a McDonald's. But how much work does it take to get in to be a franchise owner of McDonald's or you know one of these bigger kind of franchises or whatever it might well, be? But yeah, it's crazy. So there's a lot to that. Yes. And, and and kind of going from hat to hat, I'll tell you from the franchising side, which I don't do, I can definitely recommend a great franchise broker if you have the cap. Yes. Let me tell you something. Do not waste your time looking at franchises if you do not have 50 grand yeah. in you your pocket. Pay. And, and ready to take out a big loan. And then have to take out a big, yeah, as I say, because I was looking into it about five years ago and it was like 70 grand up front. And then I had to take out a $250,000 you know, SBA loan to get this out of that because you got to start up employees and all the other crap you got. Don't, do. don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Now I say it's only 50 grand. So back when I was a soldier, I was like, ooh, shit. I mean, there ain't no E4 getting out of the army right now. He's got 50 grand laying around. I was now I was an E5 and I was saving, saving, saving. I was doing what I could. I got out with 14 grand to my name. Got out with 14 grand to my name. Yeah. And then probably uh, fidged a little bit on my um, my moving expenses. And a little bit from oh, that. Yeah, you get a little, yeah. I mean, I did 20 years and I got out with about 20 something grand, a little over 20 grand because I was saving on my deployments and all that. But you yeah. eat through that shit so fast just because of the transition. Yeah. The move. I mean, even though the army gives you the money, all right, but you still got to move your family. You got to feed your kids on the way. You got to right. do all this stuff. So it's not but, free. Like you still have to have a down payment for the place that you're going to go rent when you get out. You're but still going to have to do X, Y, and Z. It's not like you have a job you can go use. A, you know, if you transition as an entrepreneur and you don't have a way to, like, like leveraging your GI bill for a little bit of income, and you can stay somewhere with your wife. And kids at a lower rate and, and just kind of mosey on through that until you can get something off the ground. Do not think there will be no monetary investment. The right. better, like it, if you start thinking like, Oh man, I'm going to try and do shit as cheap as possible. You're, you're increasing the risk of failure. Yeah. So if you're going to go at anything, my best piece of advice would go in with a business mindset, look up, um, Investopedia has a fantastic, and it really perpetuated me to try and do things. A video on on opportunity cost. Right. It's a simple video, not really funny. It's it's not, but it will kind of wake you up. And educational. I mean, it's going to teach you what you need to do. Because I'll tell you this, man. As a senior NCO in the army, before I got, I used to have soldier coming out, Sarn, Sarn V, I'm going to get out, blah blah. All right, now listen. First thing I would ask him: Do you have three months worth of emergency funding set aside right now? Do you can you pay your rent? Your bills, your car payment, your insurance, your food costs. Do you have at least three months? Left? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Sarge. I got. I said, well, you guys better not get out until you got at least three months saved up. Uh, yeah. You figure the first month you're out, you're going to be transitioning back to wherever you're from. The second month, you're going to be looking for a goddamn job. Yep. The third month, you're going to pray you have a job. Mm -hmm. and then the fourth month, you're screwed if you don't have one. So if you don't have at least three months worth of stuff, or you have family you're going back to live with, or whatever, I would tell all my soul, I'm. If you want to get out, I love you. Get out. I want you, but have at least three months worth of your your initial cost of your life saved up because yeah. you're going to have to have some time to readjust. And I used to have soldiers laugh at me. I don't know. All right, you know. And then I would have soldiers call me after they got out. They call me a couple months later. Sorry, yeah. I should have listened to you. I said, all right, let me get you hooked up with some other people and hook you up. But the point is, yeah, none of us think about the big now. See, I I was lucky. My dad served twenty years, and he taught me a lot before he got out because he got out when I went in. So I was learning from him, watching him get out, and then I went in. 
And then when I got out, I had money set aside because I had saved through all my deployments and I didn't even tell my wife about it. It was money that I wouldn't even tell my wife about because I didn't want her to influence me to use that money for something else. Yes. Yeah. That's got to be for us when we're getting out. So we have a, a pad, you know what I mean? Something. something. Yeah. So you have it's to have really it. more about getting these kids to understand that the workforce in the civilian sector is not like the army. It's not, you're not going to get a check every two weeks. You're not, even if you don't, whatever you got to find a job that there's a need for that job. Because like you're saying, you can get laid off in a minute. You can get like all the shit with this yeah. shit right now. How many people got laid off just because they're not physically allowed to be open. Not everybody can work from home. You know, that, that guy who works at the, at the, at the, whatever the, at, at, it could be anywhere, any convenience store, target, Walmart, they cut back their employees because they can't have as many people in the building or whatever. So, and this is a very traumatic way to look at it. But the point is, no real job on the civilian side is secure as there is. There is Hell no. Military. There's no job like the military. No. Not only does it that, you don't really significantly see how much you're paying in health insurance because they take a little bit of money out of their check. Not a lot, a little bit. They, you got free medical. You got free prescriptions. You got free – shit, I'm the first time I had to go pay a, a copay. A, a, what are you talking about a copay? Right. So, I mean, we all have to transition. And, like, you went through some stuff. I mean – Live with your mom for a little while, getting established, going to reestablish. Like you said, I tell all my soldiers the same thing you did. If nothing else, go to school at night, get a job working at Walmart or wherever, yep. and go to school at night so you can get that GI Bill money. And at least you have a little bit of extra income coming in to help pay the rent or whatever. So, yeah. you, you know what I, you know what I found and I learned. I learned that if you, if you are, if you have a job that you can find that's industrial, not necessarily industrial, but more so working through a company, through a corporate structure that's established or well-established, a lot of them have tuition pay. So what you can do is you can allocate your GI bill to that, get it going. And then if you stick with a company that way you're able to work up and and I'm, I'm saying this as not, I'm not trying to scare you off until you go get a job. This is me saying, okay, even when I went through and I was like, holy crap. And I had my health issues and I came to Arizona, I went and got a job granted that was a like I didn't need the job. It was a bad idea. God, I I have been working for myself so long at this point. Yeah, it didn't it didn't turn out to be the way you thought it was going to be, right? Well, I, I wanted like I wanted somebody to tell me like finally go, hey, look, we have a proven structure and something. I want to go, you know, I wanted somebody to just say, hey, look, do this, and then I go do it, and shit turns out great, right? So I went into an advertising side, which I know very well. Like I was doing a lot. We were selling fucking software. Through Amazon, I can teach you how to build an. I can teach you how to build an econ business. I can teach you how to do Amazon, all this other crap. You know what? Drop shipping. Went went to work for a newspaper. I wanted. I thought that if I could see where we came from years ago, I could kind of get an idea of the changes and the things that stressed them out. I could see where we were headed by understanding where we were going and what the issues are now and comparing the two. Holy crap. Like just seeing how some of those bigger businesses operate that have operated in this archaic way for so long. I got in there and I started telling people what to do. I'm like, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Why would you do this? This is completely like none of this has measurable quantitative anything compared or back to it. And I was the most educated person there on top of the publisher who, who, I mean, really, I don't want to bad mouth them too much. It's just, it's, the owner, everybody has a, they're, like, they're doing what they can, they're doing, they're trying, right? But it was not the environment for me. And I quickly learned that I needed to get out of that and, and I needed to go back to who I was. And if you're finding that 
you don't necessarily fit into the military structure very much and you really are leaning towards that business ownership route, you need to figure out ways to reallocate sources or to use resources to leverage the next level up, not, hey, let me go be self-employed and think this shit's going to be stable and work forever. It's going to be just like a job. It's not going to be stable at all. That's why I got out of the franchise brokerage side because it wasn't replicable or sellable. Like I couldn't sell that business. I was the asset in that business, right? If you have to ask ask yourself, well, can I sell my business? And it's because it's you and you're the asset in the business. Are you really in business? No, you have a job. Unless you can find ways to position yourself out of that company and work on it instead of in it. And that's what we are doing now. We are actually building a marketing company now that's like I outsource. We have people doing fulfillment. We have different things that are operating on different scales. It's a horizontal structure. I have a pretty wide view. We have pretty wide control at this point. But as we grow, that structure is going to get more and more vertical. It's not because we have, it's not because we have, it's not because we can't do shit. It's because why should I spend my time? Opportunity, go back to opportunity cost. Why should I spend my time running social media and ads, which I can do probably better than most people, but at the same time, it's going to take my time when I can make better decisions getting people who do that nonstop, who do it, who could probably do it even better than me to do it for me at a cheaper cost and then upcharge somebody, somebody elsewhere, I do that somebody stuff. elsewhere. I can work on sales. I outsource our social media for my nonprofit, for my other businesses because it's right. like a couple hundred bucks a month, but they do all the posting, all the generating. So I don't have to worry about it. I mean, yeah. I look at it like you, I look at it as my time is more valuable than the actual event that I need to get done. If I can outsource it, get it done, it's productive, it's working, then let it work. And then that way I can focus my attention to where I need to be. I, after everything I've been through now, I think every veteran needs to learn sales. Oh, that's, that's no, that's no bullshit. I think they have to have like some baseline of marketing and understanding because sales is going to help you understand what needs to happen. Like fundamentally, psychologically, the little hurdle you need to get over of, Somebody paid me two grand. Am I feel do I like those those weird feelings? Do I feel I'm worth it? Do I am I gonna you know do I do I do I, uh, do I need to give a discount? Do I need to uh do I do I need to do something? For, do I need to give them something else? Do right. I, you have to get over that bullshit and just come right out. I mean, a lot of guys even think it's like when they get out and they even if you have a small business and you're like, I need a website. It's never goal oriented. Everybody I've ever talked to is like, well, how much, how much business does your website bring you? First question, nothing. So you need another website to bring you no more dollars. They're like, no, if I get a website, people, you know, if I build it, they will come. That's not how that works. Yeah, definitely not how that works. Amen to that. And you will, you will not, you will not see or be able to control. It's just like airborne. You have to control the exit. Then. <laughs> like to some extent, you have to control it. And then you just let gravity do the rest. You have to be able to control and plan what you intend to spend. And it's called, they're called KPIs. It's another thing. Key performance indicators. You need to control those things. And so if you post, like you, you have somebody post, you're posting. Does it get you results? Are, is the money you spending Right, requiring results. You got to look at your key. You have to you have to evaluate everything. It's the same with trying to find a business opportunity. 
there, there's these, there's, I can start it myself. If it's food related, just be aware of the risk. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a very, if vulnerable, it's, very vulnerable business. Yeah. Yeah. And your margins are slim because people don't want to pay crap for food. Right. They want and, <laughs> yeah, they want it. They want it as cheap as possible a lot of times, but if they, even if they want quality, they want quality at a good price. Here's the kicker. I'm not trying to scare you away from food either. If you make good quality shit, charge good quality prices. You have to charge the price. Yeah, you have to make the environment. The, the, <laughs> whole, the whole experience has to be allocated. When you have a restaurant, my biggest thing with it, I, that's one of my dreams is to start my own restaurant. But me and my wife, because my wife's Mexican and she loves to cook and I love to cook. And I just want to be able to have a provide a place where people can take their spouse out or their mm-hmm. or whoever and have a nice dinner, enjoyable, relaxable environment. Food is outstanding. And it's just an yeah. experience. You know what I mean? So... It's one of those dangerous things. Do you, of like, do you, do you like your weekends? I don't have weekends, so I don't know. Right. I mean, so I if on a Sunday, so. a lot of guys, like a lot of people who are looking at, um, a lot of people who are looking at restaurants or going into the food biz have no idea that you're going to lose your weekends. Oh, that's a six day no. a week job. No, no doubt. Yeah. Six. 18 hours, 15 hours. No. So well, for me, it would be because I always take Sunday off just because, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, right. my restaurant will be closed on fucking Sunday. I might be That's working fine. at home, but I'm not going to be at the office on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no. The biggest thing that I'd say with, with that aspect is if you're picking a business model, you have to kind of understand what the environment looks like. To say that you're an entrepreneur is is not like, hey, I can I can go do this. It's, hey, you know what? I, I, I live as meagerly as possible. I try and I try and stay on that aspect so I have the flexibility. Hey, go ahead, go get go get a job at Starbucks. Go get a job at, at a at a place that's like what you want to do. Understand the fundamental inner workings of it and then and then do it. Because the other thing is is the bank's not gonna lend to you if you have no experience in it. They're not gonna lend to you, plus your credit score, all this other stuff. Cause we yeah. I do a lot of stuff with my nonprofit helping soldiers fix their credit right now while they're still young and they can fix it versus waiting until it's too late. Yes. You know, because and the other thing, I wanna I wanna back up too, Alex, to what you're talking about about the sales part. Sorry, I could go in all sorts of different oh, directions, man. Both, man. A lot's happened. Both of us could dive left and right. But I wanna back up a minute to when you talked about all of us as soldiers needed or veterans or whatever need to have some sales experience. And one of my biggest things is I tell soldiers the same exact thing you just said. I say the same thing. If you're not, a, if you can't sell, you're likely to be successful in anything you do. If it's going to be your own business, you're not going to be successful because you have to sell whatever it is you're selling. Versus, even if it, it, it could be a product, it could be a service, it could be whatever you're doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But the problem is, is that what is it you're talking about? Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Because us as extroverts, like me and you. Selling ain't going to be a big deal. We'll get out in front of as many people as I need to talk to. But an introverted type of personality guy or gal isn't going to be comfortable getting in front of people and not going to be as successful because, which I like to bring back, which is where the outsourcing is. Because now if I'm not an extrovert, I'm an introvert, but I want to be a business owner, I need to hire some extroverts that can be the face of my company or the face of my social media or the face of my marketing because I will not be – because I have some friends that are introverts. That reach out to me every fucking week. Yeah, I used to be an introvert. What should I do? Hey, well, hey, Sarge, get your ass on social media. Do a video. Keep it between one and two and a half, one minute to three minutes. Talk about what you're. Well, I'm not. You're not talking to anybody. You're talking to a video screen. It's not. You're talking to people. You're going to post this after, so you can even watch it. If you don't like it, redo it. But you have to get out in front of your business. Yep. And And right now, I'm telling I'm telling business owners that are well established this because right now everybody's locked down. I said, look at Walmart. You don't see the goddamn CEO yeah. from Walmart, but that joker's got commercials running with all these people pushing his product and pushing his business. You see all these successful businesses, 
they're spending the money in what makes money, which is selling is what makes money. If, if you, if you, I've seen a lot of intro, like introverts, right? And I used to be one. Now there were things in my life that happened that yeah pushes you down. Of course, things. corrected that quite a bit. Now I'm not only comfortable, like I have to stand up and do speaking engagements. Well, army, the army helps with that a lot too. <laughs> yeah, the army helped with that a lot. The interrogation school actually helped with that a lot. Surprisingly I, enough, I um, yeah, shell shock for you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was I was shell shock for an introvert, but the that side of me has never really you know like okay. Can I get up in front of somebody? Can I walk into a random business? And go, hey, without fear of getting kicked out. Yeah, does it happen? Yeah. Do I care? Nine more. No, you can't. Don't, don't do care. You know. Stop. You All they can do is tell you no. Know. It's, it's like it's how it. When I was an introvert, and if you're an introvert, you'll get this. Um, it's like um, well, not me, uh, but yeah, I got what you're right. saying. Well, no, when I was an introvert, listening, you're an introvert. Pay attention when he's about. To if you're an introvert, you know it. You know how all your friends are probably tell you know, telling you like, hey, go up to that, go up to that girl, go up to that girl at the bar. All she can do is say no, or go up to that guy at the bar. All he can do is say no. Like right? Yeah. Like how many times have you told somebody that? A bazillion. Yeah. Probably yeah, a lot. So my whole point was. This is going to be the same route. It's going to be the same damn thing, and you're going to have to get over that hump, especially if you want to be in business. That's but no business. And I'm I'm not I'm not saying that that an introvert can't be a business owner. Introverts make great business owners. No, they do. What I'm saying is they they absolutely do. They do. They absolutely. do really well because they do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But they got to have that extrovert right. out in the front. Right. So they have to have that asset. You have to know what you bring to the table, and if you can't bring a lot of capital to the table. I.e., you NCOs who bought sports cars and Chiefs and everybody, every other freaking. I did not buy a sports car because I knew better. But the point being is, if if you don't have a lot of capital, what assets do you bring to the table, and what do you have to outsource? What do you have to hire in? Franchises will tell you the same thing. In some, in a lot of industries, it's like, well, what's the role of the business owner? Well, you're going to have books. You're going to have that. You're going to have this. You're going to have your, you know, taking care of hiring. You're going to have your, your HR side. Some of that's going to be covered by you outsourcing it to like Wells Fargo. Yeah, I mean, you're, but you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to blanket this and you're going to have to go out and talk to other business owners and get them on board. And you're like, Ooh, I don't do that. Well then we have a system for you. Well, we train the, train the manager that's going to manage that end of your aspect of your business. And you're going to hire that person. And we don't care what you say. You will hire that person and they will take care of it for you. He'll take care of it. Yeah, that's the whole point. So even us, I'm going to be looking for some motivated veterans out there who want to do sales. Because guess what? Here in a bit, we're going to need salespeople. (laughs) Why? Because we can, we just stepped up. As of today, we just stepped up our, we just stepped up our flow of traffic that we have in looking for demo calls looking for the services that we provide. So there's a lot to that, but at the end of the day, I what I do as a as an entrepreneur and what I found that a lot of my mentors did well. One of the guys who was, you know, he said something really 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 damn impressive when I was first getting out. And and I and I had that 2-3 month window before I got out of getting back from Afghanistan and and nobody really giving a shit what I was doing. I was lucky. Lucky. Right. <laughs> in that aspect to go to Lackland Air Force Base, to go to Boots to Business, right? And if you think I'm scaring the shit out of you, Boots to Business is very, very agile at scaring the shit out of soldiers about business and they don't teach them very much. But, but <laughs> fear, fear, is a, fear is a leading tactic for army training and army leadership. Fear. Right. So 
my, my point is I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you what you need to succeed. And you, you need, you know, I, I went through all that stuff. So you need, you need that guidance in sales. You need to know what you bring to the table. You don't necessarily have to have a lot of capital, capital to start a business. If you have time as an asset, like you obviously have time, but do you need a paycheck? What if you, what if you go in part equity, equity owner with somebody else who does have capital, but they need the sales dude because they are the introvert. There are corporate people like that. Yep. Guess what? Now, okay, you may not take a paycheck for six months. Are you comfortable with that? Why? Because you're going to be working on that business pretty much for free. I mean, he's going to continue to sink capital. So you're still going to be expected to produce, but there are ways of becoming it's so funny. Bringing it up. I, I'm building another company out right now and I just, I'm getting partners and I'm like, look, we're not going to make any money for a little while, but no. the money's going to come eventually with the work we're going to be putting in. So you got to yeah. be available to that and understand that. Yeah. I'm asking you for the capital so we can get this going. And then once we get it going, it'll come, but it's going to be six months to a year before we really start seeing sometimes certain. a year and a half too. Yeah. It could be longer. So, you know, that's the big thing out there for all you soldiers that are listening or all you airmen, whatever, all you military, active duty military that might be listening to this. This transition, like what Alex talking about, you're going to go through some trials and tribulations, but you can be successful as long as you maintain the proper military kind of attitude about you can succeed, you can do it. Alec went through some extra shit. Yeah. Alec went through some trauma too with his physical stuff, and he got, you know, he had that issue, but he still even overcame that, guys. He still figured it out. He got he got out of that environment, made himself a little healthier, and now yeah. he's back on track. So a little. Now I still got to go to the gym, but I can't. Oh, yeah. You got to get that right now. Yeah, you got to get your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> like me, dude. I lie. I got out. I gained thirty pounds because I just said, "Fuck it, I ain't working out." Dude, no I gained, dude. I well, I was. I went from super soldier to yeah, badass in about two years. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was ripped from head to toe, six foot yeah. one, two hundred pounds, nothing but muscle. Now I'm six foot two, two hundred fifty pounds, and I got a gut. And I'm like looking at myself in the mirror, yeah. going, what the hell. So I'm even going out now. Me and my wife are starting to run and do other stuff, but because I'm like, I'm way too fat. But anyway, all of us go through those yeah. transitions, you know. That's, I mean. Yeah, it's 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 a part of it, but I'll tell you what, you know how you know what's crazy? You know how much money you made during deployment, right? And for everybody who's I was stationed in Hawaii once so I made a lot of money, yeah. I don't care. Well I don't care what your I don't care what your rank was. Like I don't I don't give a damn. What your rank was, that money you made, that money you made deployed. One of my checks was way larger than that. And the first time I ever got a check that was larger than my entire deployment for an entire year, about damn cried. Yeah, I bet you did. So I that's I so I made some pretty good money when I was deployed. <laughs> right. Well, pretty good money. Pretty good money to me when I was a soldier and before I was, you know, when I was deployed. And compared to the mentors I have now, the yeah. people that I've worked with, the contacts that I've made. When they say pretty good money, that's a whole different, whole different ball game. Yeah, started different. started working with, found a guy. His family talked to him, met him online, met him through LinkedIn. He was told by some other very famous person who was keeping an eye on me for some reason. It was kind of weird, but through the grapevine, I developed an, an a reputation in franchising in the world of franchising, and. Mm -hmm. It's a very small, tight little world of developers and owners on the highest levels. And I developed a little bit of a reputation there for a time when I was in it because I was so intense. Go figure. All right. But the 
I met some individuals and uh, fam- like in the dental community. Some of these people come from met people in the medical sales community. Met people. Uh, one guy owned a medical medical device sales company. His company was worth two and a half billion. He just sold it for three billion with a B. And when he was one of my clients, and uh, he was there for a while, he was looking for a franchise as a retirement thing. So his, his wife wouldn't get frustrated with him. He was going to take on um, like the entire Orlando market, I think of something just as a hobby. Cause he knew he could run it well and then do really, really well with it. Right. It's being able to develop and in place managers, support people and create SOPs. That's what you do. You create standard operating procedures and then you empower other people to create other successful and standard operating procedures. Right. And, and that's how you, yeah, I'm big about that, man. SOPs and continuity books, like build out the continuity. That's how you, that's how you do it. I mean, yeah. SOPs is like, look, if you do it yourself the first time, great. Cool. That means you can put it into, I guarantee you, if you're an NCO, you could probably put it into a goddamn standard out, you know, an SOP. Yeah, yeah, you can lay it out. Lay it out. Okay. Philippines. Right now, I can hire somebody for $3 an hour. And you know what? That's great for them. And they'll Love be it. happy as fuck to get it. Dude. Happy as fuck to get it. Yep. And you're like, oh, that's fucking wrong. You know what? Fuck you. That ain't wrong. No, it's not. It's not wrong in their community. That's a lot of money. American dollars. That's a lot of money. And that's they have a that better standard. That might be standard $20 living. an hour over here. That might be twenty the equivalent of like $20 an hour over here. You never know. That's that's a better standard of living, right? Yeah. And I mean, so it's, it's just like it's a weirder environment. When I first got out, right, and I, and I was in with an association, and I went to a conference, my first time at a conference, to give you guys some kind of like – like a, like a pickup of all the like, oh shit, this is going to be hard. Let me, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a kick in the nuts. I'm not going to lie. But this, like my first time in a conference, this is how it went. Went to the conference. I had like very no money, right? I was bootstrapping like a crazy person. I went to a conference. They allowed me to go. I spent a ton on the business opportunity. Took out a loan on top of that. Speaking of which, get your loan before your end date of enlistment because you will likely get the loan versus the day after you get out of the army and you have no income, you will not be approved for the loan. Just do that. Got a big ass loan. Handed the check that day. Probably within 20 minutes. I was like, holy shit, 40, $40,000. And I was like, nah. Now I'm like, nah, what the fuck ever. But like, that's, that's not big. But the, if you're, if you're like, uh, if, if you were like me, you're like, oh, I just got 40,000 bucks. Bullshit. Went to training. Money, a lot of money when you're need five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so went to, went to the conference and, um, you know, I was trained, I was already working with people and your closes are really like, so it's just like real estate. Like I work with somebody, I help them through the process. If they don't go through, that's like six months to three months to six months worth of work down the toilet you probably already spent that money. So it's like $2,500 to $3,000 a month just in leads through the door, no guarantee of anything, right? And you have to fill your pipeline for three months before you expect shit, right? So that's that's an easy sunk cost right there, right? Think of that business model real quick, right? So I went to my first conference in six months. And the reason I did that was because I was thinking outside the box. I was leveraging LinkedIn. I was able to get a few people through the gate on some really low income ones, but I was able to get money. I was able to get cash flow. And I closed some big deals right before I went to the conference. Went to the conference. The the association had kind of perked me up so everybody knew who I was. It was kind of it was kind of weird. 
going from a career where nobody is supposed to know who you are to everybody knowing you by name and recognition and you don't know any of these people. It's a little weird. This, this is a little frightening. <laughs> a little bit. Social media part of our world now, yeah. So, like, no, because I was at this conference. Everybody was shaking my hands. Like, oh, you're Alex. I'm like, oh, how do you know my name? Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? So they did a great job. They supported me. It was a fantastic organization. It is a great organization. Still is. They kick ass, take names. Love them. With their conference, my first conference, it was with all the franchisors there, all the big developers, they all come together in Orlando, big party. But I, I wasn't prepared for business people drink more than people in the army. That's that's a bull claim. I, I get that. Scary thought, too, because I know we can drink. Mm-mm. No, I learned quite the opposite. These people are like they, they are ready to party at any given moment, and they have the funds to do it, unlike the army. That's it. So... They, so, so open bar, four days long, getting up, talking to people, networking, four days of solid networking and classes and speaking engagements and learning and learning and learning and networking and learning four freaking days. That went on into the night where the franchisors would take you out and wine and dine you to, to tell you more, get that little bit of extra opportunity to talk to you more about their brand and how they're making their franchisees money and what kind of investors they're looking for so you can get a better relationship with them. Right. And they pay for some expensive because they have to write it off as a marketing thing, so it has to be expensive. I think that first dinner I went to was like five grand. Eight grand. There were six of us there. This is nonsense. So okay. So one, I, I was first day. Yeah, let me go up to the bar. I'm gonna get it off. Yeah. Uh, so here's my card. Oh, on it. What are you talking about? You don't. You don't need this. This open bar. Oh, I mean, that's free? cool. Is that Margaritas. <laughs> Margaritas. I also then had to learn how to pay pace myself. Yeah. I was taught by another Vietnam veteran in the franchising world that hey, show you how to do this so you can last four days. It's four days. Got to turn into a nurse. Mm. You got a nurse that. So yeah. So my, my connection is going a little screwy. But um, so the biggest thing was that night, this group invited me out to this dinner. And I'd already gone grocery shopping. I went grocery shopping in the middle of it all. I took a, took a, like I walked to a small grocery store around the corner and I got like hot dogs and microwavable bratwurst and, and some, some carrots. And some older thing is stacking things. Yep. And I, I created a four-day pack of food where I could go back up to my room, put it in the fridge, created that so I could survive for four days on as little as possible, spending no money because I was that kind of bootstrapping business at the time. Yeah. One, of the, one of the cultural things I, I ran into that was quite funny was they asked me out to dinner that night. And me just getting back from Afghanistan, going through that whole transitionary period, you know, I was like, ugh. And I, and I was like really nervous and anxious about talking to him. I said, guys, I took him off to the side. I'll never forget the guy. He's very type A personality. The whole group was. And he was like, I was like, hey, uh, can't go out to dinner with you guys tonight. I'm sorry. So like, you, you mind saying, you mind asking me why? Did some of these other guys take you, tell you they're going to take you out? Is that what happened? Tell me, tell me who. Who was it? Who was it? He was about to attack somebody. I was like, holy crap. You're mine. What are you doing? 
but no, 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 no. Like, cause I had just gotten a $12,000 check on stage. So I was like, they're like, holy crap, this kid's are killing it. He just hasn't been here six months. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our brokers don't get paid their first year. And I was getting paid like, right. so I was talking to this guy and he's like, he's like, no, what is it? I'm like, I can't afford, <laughs> like, I'm trying to hold it in. I can't afford to go out to dinner. I went to the grocery oh, store and I got some stuff up in my room. Dude, I was, I was about in tears, dude. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I have to tell this big wig from this massive franchise brand. Like, Hey, I know like you want to take, you want to, you want to spend time with me and shit, but uh, I can't afford it. Yeah. I'm on a I, budget. Chill, dude. <laughs> I'm, it wasn't even like that. It was like, these guys were talking me up like a damn rock star. And I was like, I had to tell them, Hey, look, I can't, I, you just got paid a $12,000 check on stage. And I'm like, it's going towards a loan. It's going towards feeding my kids. It's like, I don't have shit. I just started, you know, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I know. Well, you weren't going to have to pay for anything, dumbass. <laughs> like I am, we invited, we're inviting you out to dinner. We're going to take you to dinner. We're in the lobby. What are you talking about? And I'm like, well, usually when somebody asks to go out, like I'm not, he, in the army, yeah. nobody, you, you say, Hey, let's go out here. Hold on, dude. Let me check my wallet. Let me check my account real quick. Everybody, nobody's going to pay for you. Like we don't have money to pay for ourselves half the time. So, yeah, I'm not in this lifestyle. I have to pay for it. Yeah, so these guys, like these guys, will go out and then then they drop the bar tab. Then we were drunk as shit. But he was like, "Dude, no, no." When you're in, he's like, "Come here." When you're in business, if somebody invites you out to dinner or lunch or coffee, they pay for it. They're paying. Yeah, they're paying. It's it's also a marketing expense. It can be written off on your taxes. Yep. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. He's like, you really bought food at a grocery store for here for four days. I'm like, yeah, it's up in my room. Like he grabbed, he grabbed four other executives. He grabbed four other executives and he's like, dude, you got to go show us this shit. You, you got to be bullshitting me. I'm like, no. And now I got it in the fridge. It's all lighting up. <laughs> no, it's in the fridge. I got microwavable bratwurst. I'm ready to go for four days, man. He's like, you're going to survive off of microwavable bratwurst, carrots and celery and, and like little salad thingies for like four days. It's like, more than I had in Iraq. I've eaten worse. I've eaten worse. I've, heard, I've eaten worse. Yep. I mean, shit, we went, on Iraq. we went on rations in Iraq that first time. First six months I was in Afghanistan, all we had was MREs. Yeah, well, we went on rations. We yeah. shit, we because uh, all non-essential convoys would stop with uh, Jaysh al Mahdi, Muqtada al Sadr's army. After that ceasefire cut in two thousand seven eight, they rocketed us every day, so they stopped all convoys. So we went down to MREs, and then we went down to one MRE a day. Yeah, I, mean, I was in Missoula in seven, so yeah, I know I was in Missoula. Right? And then they cut water; like you could have one or two bottles of water a day. Yep. It's also your shower water if you had it. You know. Yeah, bird bath. Yeah, we got so that. I was like, "Fad worse." <laughs> They're like, so I took four extremely large executives, and I don't mean large like, yeah, big, just big, big money, big, big names. shots, big money guys. And they're like, "Dude, you got to show us." They're part of like this thing called Fang. It's like an an executives club. They're part of like some of these associations you just can't get into. Yeah, you got to have. You have to know people 
and you have to have lots of money. And yeah, be I took him back up to my, I was strong as shit. I was fit as crap. I walked him up there. I'm like, yeah. They just stood there standing at the fridge like, holy shit. He didn't lie. <laughs> he, he wasn't bullshit. He's like, well, we got to have some fucking stories later. And that's what we did. So they took me out to, they took me out to dinner. We had a great dinner. I went to dinner with different companies four days in a row. I didn't pay a dime. Uh, I went from not really giving a shit about what kind of food I ate and not giving a crap about paying $12 at like a Burger King or something like that to dreaming about a pork chop at a fine dining restaurant for an entire year. Dreamt about a pork chop for a whole year, different culture, different level entirely. If you were looking at being a business owner, you can do shit like that. Some of those dudes have bars in their offices, different culture, different operational pattern, different way of thinking. You can get around that stuff. If you can go through the shit, if you can deal with the crap, if you can outsource your way through things, if you can find equity in things by do by bringing something to the table to make money, yeah, value. You gotta bring value. If you add value, yeah. there is no like what's great about like when you hear people say it like on documentaries and shit, you're like greatest greatest, you know, thing in the US is you can go up, you can get out of the you can get over those hurdles, you can go up, you can go down. You can you really see it when you see people getting into businesses after working and then, you know, getting to the retirement income phase or getting to a point in their career where they're like, well, I have capital now to invest. Mm -hmm. I want to do something for myself. I want to control my future. And they're finally at that point. But a lot of their psychological patterns, like you said, you, you had been in the military for 20 some years, right? 20 years. You have a psychological pattern at that point and you do not have as much potential earning time as somebody who's getting out when they're sergeant and E4, E6. You just don't have that potential earning time. You don't have that that time to grow into an industry. Most industries won't even take in people who are older, not trying to down you. It's just your liability. Well, that, liability. Plus, they got to pay more for you to get you in to start usually because of your so, all that. So they're, they're they've, all, they've got to they've got to combat they've got to combat bad habits and they've got to overcome a learning and psychological workup of you. There's a lot that has to be done to get you in those tracks. So to see a lot of people at that point where I was in, in people going from paycheck to no paycheck, paycheck to finally being able to like, okay, I can organize finances, people and resources enough to, it's not about what you make. It's about what you keep after tax, right? It's about what you keep. And after seeing a lot of people make that transition and go from, Hey, I've had a paycheck or I've been at this level all my life to finally being like, Hey dude, what did you do? Oh, I bought a half million dollar boat. Cool boat. Or like one of, one of my friends who was got out of the army three, four years. Then me and him, when we were building digital stuff early on, when we were trying to coin terms about stuff that we were creating that hadn't even talked about. Now they're kind of like standard procedure. We, we were designing things or, or figuring out ways to do things. He had told me, he was like, yeah, man, we, we really want to go down to the Caribbean. We really want to spend our time. I really want to live on an island. I really do. I love fishing. Like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Offshore and all that stuff. So yeah. we're always talking about buying, you know, buying a yacht, buying a big boat, doing the crossing between Florida and Florida and Nassau, going at 45 miles, right? 
And we hadn't talked to each other first a number of years. And then finally, like it was about a year ago, he, he shoots a, he shoots me a video, video text. He's like, Hey man, it's, it's been a while. Look what I just bought. And it's him taking me through a tour of a 75 foot yacht. Nice. Oh, by the way, right now he's 26, 27. Good for him. Happy just, just so you know, right? <laughs> like it's not impossible. You just have to find out where money's sitting. And right now everybody's going, oh, the time is just wrong. The time is just, you know, everything about timing and the, the stars perfectly aligning. So lightning, like the, the light of God can, you know, hit you in just the right way and shoot lightning out your ass. Like that's never going to happen. You actually have to be active in it. You have to be continually moving towards something, doing things every day that promote, okay, I'm going to get cash flow from this asset here in passive ways. And I have to, I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. And right now could not be the, could not be a better time to get into business. You, there is no better time right now. There, there is no better time than right now to do it because of what is going on. All right. Well, the, hey, Alec, that's a and, perfect yeah, reason. Well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk about your current business, what you're doing and what your ask is from our audience and what we can do to help you and what we're doing as veterans to help our fellow veterans. So the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Well, I uh, appreciate it. First and foremost, you know, I appreciate you guys. I hope it helps. I hope it gives you some direction. What I finally did was I created a company with my business partners that handles what I was good at. It was doing marketing, advertising, running advertising, and specifically automation integrations to bring tech into companies, small and medium-sized businesses to help them grow. Small businesses to grow into medium-sized businesses, medium-sized to grow into large businesses to help them scale, right? So do I just do advertising? No. <laughs> we do business con uh, consulting and digital solutions, right? So there are particular there are particular niches, I would say niches that we operate in a lot of right now where you guys could help if you guys are if you guys are real estate agents. And more than likely you'd probably be mad at me for not calling you an entrepreneur, but if you're <laughs> I'm not saying that. You know, if you're if you're doing the if you're doing the uh if you're doing the real estate thing, learn how to grow into a brokerage, take on more responsibility, have people underneath you. Start learning that business model because that's where you're that's where one, you're gonna make way more money, and then two, where your business acumen is going to come into play a hell of a lot more. But if you if you are a broker, if you are an agent, real estate, uh, my business partner was a real estate broker for 30 plus years in South Florida. So we naturally know how to cater and market to that community. So we guarantee in like that niche, we guarantee 30, 20 to 30 new phone calls to you. So like not, not a, not just a, a lead, but we, we deliver a solid appointment where the person calls you saying, Hey, I'm trying to buy a house. Can you help me out? Put them on your calendar for you. We call verify them the whole nine yards. We do that in a lot of different industries. I was, my background was in franchising. So really, no matter what industry it's in, we have solutions or ways or partners that can help. So if you are a veteran business doing pest control right now, we have a history of doing and operating with pest control companies. So we have offers there. But anyway, so what we do in large part is we don't just do advertising. We do bigger solutions, smaller solutions, and we bring businesses more com customers and help them grow. So we work with you in that P&L. 
and we, sh we actually work with you in those numbers so that you can see mathematically where you need to go and how to reach your goals. That's what we do in, in large part. If you guys want to help out, if you know business owners that are having problems with that or struggling, uh, we work with anything from chiropractors, dentists, medical community, plastic surgeons, all the way to, like I said, real estate agents, pest control, service-based businesses, repair, HVAC, you name it. We, we pretty much in it. To, and there's been very few industries where I have to go, eh, no, can't, can't really function in that. But if you guys know business owners that are hurting in that way, or they're just barely meeting it, and then they really want to see the numbers and and be and actually have a guarantee behind what they do, or they just want to be trained in it, that way they can build it from freaking selves. We have a program for that too. Anything that you guys know, or anyone that you guys know, just let them know. All uh, it's uh, Pro Reach Results is the company that we built. My name's Alex, and I'm looking forward to helping more people. All right. Whether or not they're from the veteran community, but if you're a veteran, you're thinking you're going to get a discount. <laughs> Guess what? No, that's call that a learning experience. Do not discount yourself. Know what your services are worth and kill it. All right, guys. All right, Alex. Well, we appreciate you, man. And like I said, we'll be putting all this information out on the on the website and the and the Facebook page for Alex when his episode is launched. So if you're out there listening and you're interested in what he just sold you, reach out to there him and his team and let them know. All right. All right, Alex, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you, brother. Take it easy, guys. Hey, all good right. luck, guys. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh,